You're listening to the Citrus Church Podcast. Now, here's the message. Hey, it's Brian, and today I'm at the Windermere Center in Lakeside Village. Lakeside has some of my favorite places in Horizon West, not to mention some really cool features. Where else will you find sea turtles while you shop? A giant whale, the Deputy Scott Pine Park, home of the Windermere Wolverines, and our original Horizon West Fire Station, Station 35. And of course, the backside of Walt Disney World's Magic Kingdom. In fact, just over my shoulder is Disney University and Cass Parking. As residents of Horizon West, we know firsthand how this season has made life much harder for our entire area. The pandemic has drastically impacted our local residents and it's devastated our local economy. I'm reminded of the words of John 1, 5. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness doesn't extinguish the light. As the church, we are called to reflect the light of Jesus into the darkness around us. Our service, which is serving outside the walls of the church, models the life of Jesus and brings real hope and healing to all people. One of the bright lights that I've seen in this pandemic is right here in Lakeside Village. It's the cast member pantry. When all this started back in March, a cast member took it on themselves to gather food supplies from the community so they could help put food on the table for out-of-work cast members. Thanks to the generosity of this community, the group continues to outgrow its spaces and it continues to expand and to serve more and more people. This is serving our community. This is being light in the darkness. Listen to how James puts it in chapter 1, verses 22 through 27. You must be doers of the word and not only hearers who mislead themselves. Those who hear but don't do the word are like those who look at their faces in a mirror. They look at themselves, walk away, and immediately forget what they were like. But there are those who study the perfect law, the law of freedom, and continue to do it. They don't listen and then forget, but they put into practice in their lives. They will be blessed in whatever they do. If those who claim devotion to God don't control what they say, they mislead themselves. Their devotion is worthless. True devotion, the kind that is pure and faultless before God the Father, is this, to care for orphans and widows and their difficulties, and to keep the world from contaminating us. May we not only hear the word, but grow in our service to others more and more as we find ways to extend our hand and our heart to our Horizon West community. Well, I know that we have many people who are part of our church and, and probably many who are watching who live in Lakeside Village. So if you are a resident of Lakeside Village, uh, let us know in the comments uh, and maybe let others know. Kind of take a look at those comments for yourself and see if there's maybe people that you didn't know who live right there in your village here in Horizon West. Um, and if you're not sure and you're thinking, I don't know if I live in Lakeside or not, I want to encourage you to check out uh, Horizon West magazine. And so in the magazine, you can find out about which village you live in. You can learn a lot more about this area. And if you're not sure where you can pick those up, a lot of the local businesses have those. We have some here at the Grove House. And you can find that at horizonwestmagazine.com. Uh, but speaking of that, earlier today, as we were kind of continuing our series called Finding God in Horizon West, 
what I asked the question was, as we began, was how long have you lived in Horizon West? Uh, now, we have been here for four years, which kind of feels like a long, long period of time. Uh, but Brian, I think, wins the award for the longest resident. Brian has been here for 13 years, uh, one of the founders. Uh, Janet has been here for eight years. So I'm not sure if anybody can top that. But I also thought it was kind of neat today because as we talk about this local part in our local church, um, Denise, who's part of our church, commented that she, they are watching. She's watching at least from Brazil today. So I think it's amazing that we can um, share this kind of community together through live stream. And we just couldn't do this. Um, we at least weren't able to before. So I'm thankful for you joining in. I'm thankful for those who mentioned in the chat that you live in Lakeside. Um, I know John lives in Lakeside too. So look for others in the comments there who also live in that same spot. Today, what we're going to be talking about is service. And over the last couple of weeks, we've been following, as we look through the different parts of Horizon West, we've also been talking about what it means to be a part of the church. Uh, and we talk about how it, it matters that we pray, um, that we give, that we serve, is what we're talking about today. And so the idea here is that part of our commitment to the church is that we will live our faith, not just in ways that help benefit inside the walls. We talked about that last week, how we can volunteer to serve and, and we can make an impact inside the church. This week, I really want us to think outside of the, the walls of the church. And I say walls because um, as a church plant, we don't have our own building. Um, but you can imagine that it's easy for people to think about serving when they're inside the church. And a lot of what Jesus did was to connect with people outside the church, beyond the places. And I would say during the Monday through Saturday of your week, this is the invitation to us, is to live this out. And so the, this part of our vow to God to be part of the church it is really rooted in the example of James, as we saw. And it's not going to surprise you to know that, that James, his example is rooted in Jesus himself. And of course, when we think about these kinds of things, you might think about service projects like um, feeding the homeless, uh, like maybe serving overseas or in a different country maybe serving here in the United States, perhaps in an impoverished area. Uh, and you might even think of things like disaster recovery. What I want to invite us to do this morning is to, to affirm that those are good things to do, but also to dig a little bit deeper into what it means to serve in the model of Jesus. And as I think about what this is, there's a, there's a quote that I came across, and it's from Jim Harnish, and I think it really applies to this. Belief is like breathing in, service is like breathing out. So if we think about the elements of our faith, I think all of us understand that, that belief is an essential part. Belief that Jesus is God's Son and that God sent Jesus to redeem the world. And so we have this idea that belief is like breathing in, but we can't just breathe in and hold our breath. We have to exhale at some point. And so the natural exhale is service. And without this in, out, in, out, we literally die, right? That's, that's kind of the, the basic matter of it. And this is how foundational this idea is to our faith as followers of Jesus. That the idea of serving others should be as, as foundational to us as the breath of belief that we have. So as we think about serving, serving brings about God's transformation of the world. God invites us to partner with God to see the world changed into the image that God has for it. Now, 
if God ever asked my advice, I'd say that he could just do a lot better on God's self, that God doesn't necessarily need us, and oftentimes we really kind of mess things up. But in the wisdom of God, God decided that it was good to invite us into the process. (laughs) And so here we are, for better or for worse. But with God's help, we can make an impact and we can work to be a part of the kingdom that God is bringing. So I want to invite you this morning, and and if you want to share it in the comments, that would be really great to hear. But I want to just simply invite you to reflect on as we get started this question, this idea here. What has been your most positive serving experience? What has been your most positive serving experience? Uh, And what I want to push you to do is to think of not maybe how you served inside the wall of the church, maybe helping in worship or, or helping kind of run a Bible, those kind of things. I want you to think about outside. Uh, And just in your mind, keep that memory with you today as we talk about this. What has been your most positive serving experience? Paul Chilcote writes this, that unlike some forms of Christianity, where the goal, notice the goal of which seems to be the redemption of one's own soul, the ultimate goal of Wesleyanism, and I'll define that in a second, is the redemption of the other and the world. Now, I want to hold on to this quote on screen for just a minute because there's a couple of pieces for us to break down here as we really try to understand what James was talking about and what Jesus was talking about in all of these scriptures. And so what this is saying here is that a lot of times we can can get kind of mixed up thinking that the ultimate goal of Christianity is the salvation of our soul. Now, does that matter? Yeah, like 100%. That's essential. But let us never forget that that's not the finish line. In many ways, our salvation, our coming to faith, our decision to accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, our moment of pivot, whether that was uh, as as an adult or myself, as a young adult, a moment that you can remember, or perhaps you don't really know when that was. You, You feel like you either were raised in the faith or you grew up with this faith, and maybe you can't put a date on it, but you know that you've had this belief. What I want to encourage us to remember is that's not the finish line. That's the starting line. And so the ultimate goal of our faith is the redemption of others and the world. And so do you see what this, this quote is doing? Is inviting us to think like James and like Jesus to say, our faith is much more than about inside you know, this, this chest cavity. It's, it's about much more than inside my head. It's about how does what I believe in here shape the world out there? And not for my benefit, but for the benefit of others and for the benefit of the world. And so that idea, if you're familiar with that idea of Wesleyanism, Wesleyanism comes from John Wesley. Uh, John Wesley was the founder of Methodism. Uh, We are United Methodist Church. And basically the point of this is saying that within all the, the, the big circle that is the Christian faith, there's all the different kind of denominations and expressions of that. And I think that kind of diversity really just reflects the diversity of God's world. And so uh, Wesleyanism is kind of another way of saying that that kind of our branch of Christianity, it's not better than anyone else's. It's simply, some of us may think that it is, but it's just a reminder that this is how we see the world. And this is what resonates with me about being a part of the Methodist Church, is that we see the world as not just about getting ourselves right with God, but helping to see the rest of the world kind of come into place with God's plan. So that's really the ultimate goal, and that's what I want to focus us on today as we really dive deeper into what it means to serve. 
So we're called to live our faith with actions that seeks to bring the redemption and the healing of others. With Jesus, and I thought to myself, you know, which passage could I pick out to really illustrate today? And I kind of thought, you know, the whole gospel, like all four of them, right? Every example of Jesus is a perfect example of what service can and ought to look like for us. But what I've noticed about one thing, that there's kind of a controlling theme and an overarching idea, and it's this, that Jesus didn't have those and us. He had we. A lot of times what we do in our service, and I think that this is with a good heart and unintentionally, is that we identify those that we are going to serve and us who will be the servers. Right? And in Jesus' model, it was very much a we. A we are in this together. Now, I want to break this down more so that you kind of understand where I'm going with this. What Jesus did in the scriptures was to continue to find ways to expand his circle, his connections, and his relationships in such a way that it would include more and more people who were either outside of of the good society, uh, those who were excluded because they had some kind of disease or ailment, those who were pushed aside because they didn't quite fit the religious norms of the day. And so every time we see Jesus at work, we see Jesus continually expanding the circle, but not just his own circle, trying to expand the perceptions of those who are around him to say, perhaps everything isn't as narrow as we thought it was. And perhaps God's kingdom is more inclusive of others. I'm thankful for some in our church who've helped me to think about the, that idea of kingdom. We don't, we don't know much about kingdoms here in the United States, um, but we do know about kin, and kin is family. And so perhaps a better way to think about this was Jesus was always expanding the kingdom, right? The, the idea of who's in the family. With this idea, I think back to some of my uh, service projects or mission projects that I've done, and um, I don't have kind of an extensive resume on that, but I have been a part of a couple of things. I've been a part of a, an, an overseas mission trip where we went and um, we, we did a service for those who were living in a very rural part of the world. Um, I've, I've helped to repair and, and build homes for those in rural Appalachia and in Western Virginia and some of the mountain areas there. And I also had a chance to go to New Orleans after the hurricane and, and help to rebuild there. And I noticed as I reflect back on that, a common theme, which was a group of us from, from outside that community would, would pack up and we would go to that community for a week or two. And we had a list of projects that we would do, but we, we stayed in lodging or in homes that was, that was off-site, that was still in kind of a, either a nice part of town or a nice community or a nice uh, retreat center. And so each day we, w- we would typically wake up and we would have really a pretty phenomenal breakfast, you know, filling us to do that. We'd pack a lunch, we'd go to the work site, we would work all day, and then when we finished, we would head back for the night into our lodging. And we, we, you know, we'd, we'd play games, we'd, we'd just enjoy each other's company. And what I don't want to do this morning is to diminish that, because I believe that that can be a valid form of service, and it is. What I have noticed, and I wonder if this is true for you, is that kind of service seems to do more for me than perhaps it did for the people that we served, right? In some of those cases, we went in and we did the work for them. And I thought to myself, did we actually impart knowledge? Did we 
did we teach a person to fish or did we just kind of fish for them and hand them the, the fish, right? And in some of those examples, we would remove ourselves. So we would serve in the community. We might try to talk to the homeowner or the people, but we would also kind of retreat back into our own kind of community. And I believe unintentionally and without malice, we would create a system that was uh, them and us. And as I look at the example of Jesus, Jesus also always sought to say, this is about we. How do we encircle our lives in such a way where our life doesn't retreat after we have kind of saved others, but we see our life as enmeshed with theirs? Let me, let me give you an example of that. And I want to put a picture up on the screen of a church called Mosaic Palm Bay. This is over in Melbourne. It's another new church plant, part of the United Methodist Church like us but they are doing ministry in a community that looks very different, as all communities do. And one of the unique features about where this church is located is that it's in um, a part of the area where there are a lot of uh, persons who are homeless and experiencing homelessness uh, live or reside. And so what they decided to do was not just to go to the local, food sh- the, the local shelter and serve a meal once, twice, three, four times a week. They said instead, we want to be a church that worships as we. And so what you see here in this picture are our seats around tables. Obviously, this is pre-COVID. They've changed this setup a little bit since then. And so the worship service are those who might come to the soup kitchen to receive food and those who would serve food. But what happens here is that whether you are homeless or not or in a different position, you can serve food, you can eat food. And the idea is, is everyone is sitting together around tables for worship. And I believe that the concept that they're trying to lift up is this idea that Jesus said, that it's not about them and us and us serving them and them being recipients and almost creating this dynamic where one is better than the other. This says we are all together in Christ. And we each, despite our living situation, can worship together. And I think that is just a powerful example of one way where we can live out the ethic that Jesus and James really illustrate. We don't just have to go and serve a meal to the homeless. That is good and that is necessary and that is essential. But we need to take it a step further to say, how do I put my life together with theirs? And that gets messy and uncomfortable. And I'm not even sure as I say that out loud how comfortable I am with that, but I recognize that what Jesus did was he would oftentimes heal someone and then invite himself to dinner at their house. It wasn't just about the miracle. It was about the relationship. And so there's a place of service for both. And what this does is it actually offers a sense of dignity to the other person who has perhaps fallen on hard times or had a series of bad things happen and they're just stuck in this place. And if they could get out, they would. And if they they had any shoestrings to pull themselves up by, they would. And it reminds us that that in in a setting like that, we can create dignity. And we can offer that back to individuals. This can be a good model for us who live in the suburbs. If you are part of Horizon West, you know that that Horizon West, for all that we don't have yet, is a pretty idyllic community, right? It's it's kind of utopian almost. With I look out the window, we've got this beautiful grass area with people walking, and it's just it's a beautiful type space. And it's easy for us to think, how do we leave this area to go outside these walls to serve and then come back into this utopia? What this invites us to do is to celebrate all that is good here and to ask the question of how might we change the cycles that perpetuate things where there can be a community that's 
as great as this that butts up to a community that is really going through some economic and, and societal type challenges. And how do we say to the system, these things need to be enmeshed a little bit together more so that all people can encounter that kind of hope? It also begs us to ask the question, what is happening here in this community that I may not be aware of? Where are their hurts? Where are their habits? Or where do people have hang-ups, to use the language of another group, that are happening kind of right here in this suburban-type setting that we may not be aware of? And that's why I'm so thankful for the cast member pantry, because this individual of folks recognize that in this season, there are people in this community who are significantly struggling, and they have sought a way to make a difference and an impact. This has long been a commitment of the United Methodist Church, is that we see our faith not just as what we do on Sunday, but also about what we do on Monday through Saturday. So if we bring this down to an everyday level, the question for us is how do we make sure that we are living lives not only as hearers of the word, but also as doers? And quite honestly, the best way we can do this is simply by showing up and paying attention. This was some of the wisdom I got from one of my seminary professors, and now that I'm maybe 10 years or so out of seminary, graduate school, I've forgotten more than I could ever remember. I remember this, that most of the Christian faith is showing up and paying attention to whoever and whatever is happening around us. For example, one of the United Methodist programs of service uh, has these folks called nomads. And nomads stand for um, nomads on a mission active in divine service which is a fancy way of saying these are people who have RVs and they're mostly retired and they travel the country. And while they're visiting family and grandkids and that kind of thing, they also stop into locations. They camp there and they live for months at a time, usually with the seasons, and they serve. The other name for that acronym is Northern Old Methodist Avoiding Deep Snow. Uh, And so that's a good example of how there can be a program official capacities where we go and serve the community. And those are the easiest ways to plug into. We need to be careful that we don't just see ourselves as leaving to go and serve and then coming back. And so I want to invite us, the deeper way to think about this is that we can support organizations like that and and organizations like Cast Member Pantry and Disaster Recovery, especially in this time of year. But I want us to think about our day-to-day life. It's funny to me that the most everyday and ordinary places are where God can show up in the most extraordinary ways. And that has proven true for me over the years. In Jesus' model, Jesus simply wandered the countryside and met the needs that were in front of him. And as people brought others to him, he would meet the need there. He would move from city to city and meet the needs that presented themselves. And I believe that's a good model for us. As we go about our work, our life, and our play, if we will simply pay attention to the people who are around us that we run into, that we encounter. Now, you may not be like laying hands on people and healing them at your local playground, but you might be able to, within a six-foot distance, just ask how they're doing, find out how their world is going, and simply be a presence of hope in that moment. A listening ear can offer all kinds of healing. Oftentimes, we make serving so complicated that we think the only way we can do it well is by going away and serving, when the reality is is that we have so much opportunity right here in front of us. So 
pay attention to the rest of your day because if God works in your life, anything like God works in my life, there will be opportunities even later today where you can encounter someone and you can be that refreshing presence. You can serve them maybe in some way intangible or tangible and bring them some hope. Or perhaps they meet you and they offer that to you. The key to being faithful is simply showing up. And I want to kind of finish it with this one. Uh, The key to being faithful is showing up, putting our bodies in places that people are in pain, putting ourselves in places where people are lonely. So much of faithfulness in the Christian life is an extension of that. We find our life in self-giving service. Thanks for listening. Make sure to visit our website, citruschurch.org. If you found refreshments in this message, share it with a friend. And hey, God loves you.